0: All right, let's go hour number two on a Thursday. Tournament is underway. In fact, four games are now underway. You know how the tournament works. you got four games at one time once it's all rolling, and it is all rolling right now. It's Chad and Zay on the first day of the tournament. Your updates, West Virginia and Maryland. It's still close, 51-50 West Virginia. Ten minutes to go, second half. They are at 14 minutes to go in the game. Virginia up 7 on Furman, 42-35. Missouri up 23-18 on Utah State. Eight-minute timeout there in the first half. And Howard and Kansas have just gotten started. It's 5-2 Kansas, about a minute and a half gone by there. If you hadn't heard, Bill Self will not coach the Kansas Jayhawks in this game. We certainly hope that he is all right and that he'll be able to coach, but Bill Self is not coaching in this game. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, so, um, and I have not exactly heard the full reasoning behind it. If the doctors advised it, or if he decided, or if deep down somebody thought, hey, man, it's the 116, come on, come on, coach, let's sit this one out, let's take a breather. Uh, I don't know, I don't know what happened, but he did just have a heart procedure that put stents in his heart.
1: Yo, I got Arkansas taking them to go to the Sweet 16, so... That's a big reason why.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people. There are a lot of people that are, they're, if they're not picking Kansas to get to the Sweet 16 that could be, uh, that's a big part of it. Obviously, the McCull- is it McCullough? Is that his name? No. Yeah, Kevin McCuller. McCullough. His, his is a back injury, right, yeah. that he's been dealing back with.
1: spasms.
0: That's another part of it, too, obviously, for Kansas. I um, mean, he's
1: been in college basketball long enough. He's old as hell. Makes <laughs> sense.
0: <laughs> You're saying he's been carrying yeah. on his back for a while? No, I'm
1: saying that he got back problems because he's old as hell. <laughs> that's <laughs> what <laughs> I'm saying. This is his 11th year <laughs> yeah.
0: in Lawrence. Okay. Uh, let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. We do it every Thursday, and this is especially. Thursday, since the tournament has started, and it's got to be special when you're in Des Moines, Iowa. Jeff Howe, horns247.com, Longhorn Blitz Podcast. Get it wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, check out Light the Tower every weekday morning at 10 right here on The Horn. Jeff, how are things?
2: Wonderful. Zay, I'm glad uh you're a believer in Arkansas because I've got Arkansas getting to the. I've actually got Arkansas getting to be Elite Eight. Nice in that uh, in that regional. I just they they're to me they're the biggest wild card team in the tournament. They're so damn talented, and if they if they figure it out, uh, they've got the tools to beat just about anybody in this field.
1: Yeah, Jeff, I agree. You know, Nick Smith, their future lottery pick, the point guard, I know you remember him when the Razorbacks were at mm-hmm. Moody Center beginning of the season. He was the only bright spot in that game where the Horns beat him by 30 in that exhibition contest. And now he's back. He's been in and out the lineup all year long. And he just gives them a different gear. And you add Anthony Black to that mix. Walsh is there. They might be young, but Muscle Man, he's one of the best coaches in the nation. And I'm with you. I, I, see them going pretty far i know some people even got them going final four i would not be surprised if that happened
2: that's what i'll say about this des moines pod though i mean you know kansas is here you know i'm going to try to get over to you're going to watch some of that arkansas illinois game before texas tips off uh and penn state i think it's going to be a real competitive game there's some really really good games in des moines this weekend yeah, considering it's 35 and raining, we need something good to, to talk about.
0: Yeah, and and just weird, Jeff, that the Longhorn, Aggie, and Razorback fan bases that will all be in the SEC in a in a couple years are all getting together in Iowa. That is that is a very weird little tournament uh, little tournament fact right now.
2: Oh, yeah, we were in the middle of Iowa, but I was right at home yesterday when I saw some, you know, some kids. They had to be like nine, ten year old kids, decked out in A&M gear, you know, giving the horns down and trying to talk smack to the Longhorn Band <laughs> yesterday during open practice. So I like, "Okay, all, all feels right in the world when we got we got this going
0: on so. yeah no doubt there'll be plenty of folks there not rooting for uh, rooting for texas uh in in their game against colgate what do you what do you think of the matchup jeff the more you've gotten a chance to look into the raiders and who they are and obviously you've seen what these longhorns are all season long do you think this is going to be a ball game by the end or you think this is one texas will be able to you know cruise through a 215 and and the nation really doesn't have to pay attention
2: I mean, it wouldn't shock me if if you know Colgate covers. I mean, last I saw, Sprague was I think thirteen and a half. I don't. I would imagine that's moved at some point because that was late last night. But uh, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if Colgate covers just because this is a veteran team. Uh, they've got three one thousand point scorers on their team. Uh, obviously, we know they can shoot the three. Uh, we know they can. You know, they'll score a lot of points. They're top forty in the country in points per game. So you know, they're they're pretty prolific offensively. I just don't think Colgate does enough of what gives Texas issues to make up for the difference. And, and I, I too, I think this is competitive, too, because you look at Colgate, their last two NCAA tournament games, you know, they had a seven-point loss to Tennessee and a seven-point loss to Arkansas. Uh, that was last year. Or, I'm sorry, to Wisconsin last year. So you know, this is a team that's had a level of success in the tournament, relatively speaking, Four or fifteen seed coming out of the Patriot League, but you know they're not a great rebounding team. Uh, They they don't they they're horrible from the foul line. Uh, But you know I I do think they're they're one of the nation's best teams at not committing fouls, so they won't put teams on the foul line. Uh, To me, that puts the onus on the Texas guards: Can you get downhill? Can you be aggressive? Can you? Force that issue and make them value and get to the line uh, you know they don't and they make free throw differential something that's in your favor when Texas has won and been being good this year they've had free throw differential in their favor so like I said I just don't think Colgate does enough of, of what gives Texas problems to, to make up for whatever they do right at the end of the day. Hmm.
1: Yeah, Jeff, I agree with you. Colgate's big men, Woodward and Records, those guys should have a long night going out there and trying to chase those guards in the pick and roll. But let me ask you this, just seeing these guys in Iowa and seeing all the attention that they're starting to get, you know, you got CBS kind of following them around on the behind the scenes stuff and everybody and they mama want Coach Terry to get the job and you hear what Dick Vitale's saying and you see Coach Terry with SVP on the four letter network and it's like all right guys I kind of just want to be the underdog a lot of people are picking them to get to the final four and it's like it it could be a lot but this is a veteran ball club which you have confidence in but do you think just maybe you know seeing them how how do they look do they look confident do they look you know composed guys like Dylan Mitchell this first time going around how they look at open practice
2: yesterday yeah, I was. Uh, I spent some time, so in the NCAA tournament, you get open locker room access to talk to the players, and I was in there for about 40 minutes yesterday and spent a pretty good chunk of time talking to Bill and Mitchell. And I said, no, I bet you didn't think for your first NCAA tournament you'd have snow on the ground when you got there. He's like, no. he's like, And he had the big, thick coat on. He's like, I'm from Florida, man. I don't ever hardly ever see snow. So that was a trip. But yeah, he was a really enjoying the experience. But, you know, the veteran guys is very businesslike. I mean, it's almost like you judging by the body language, you'd have thought this was, you know, I haven't noticed a difference in this team between you know that Arkansas exhibition or uh, you know the, the Gonzaga game at home or, or any game in conference play or really any game at the Big Twelve tournament. This team looks the same. Uh, they, they, they carry themselves the same. It's a it's a quiet swagger, almost if you, if you want to call it that. Uh, you know, and I do think that's, I don't think this group gets enough credit. Craig and I talked about this this morning. I don't think this group gets enough credit for the fact that they genuinely like being around each other. Uh, you know, because I've covered some Texas teams in various sports, uh, some teams that, that work together, and some I've, I've covered some Texas teams across multiple sports that, that had success that you knew not everybody, you know, in, in that locker room liked each other. But these guys, I think that's part of it. I mean, Robert Terry and the staff deserve all the credit in the world for keeping this thing afloat and you know, maximizing the regular season the way they did after what happened in December. But I think a lot of that goes back to the players, too. I mean, Dylan Mitchell said that the one thing that, that he really when he really realized that the tech, he made the right decision by going to Texas, he said it was over the summer. And it feels like family. And these guys, it feels like a family. Whenever they're together, I know people say that all the time, but uh, you really get the sense from these guys that that's really how they function on a day-to-day basis. They're so close, and we've seen that translate to the court. So uh, I think I think Texas fans they would be pleased to see the the juice this team has, the, the kind of their uh, the way they're carrying themselves in this game because it's no different than how it's been all year. And and Robbie Terry's been big on that. rt has been big on hey, you know, we've had a routine. Since, since all this stuff happened in December, uh, there's no sense in getting away from that routine. Just be who you are and, and everything else will take care of itself.
0: Talking with Jeff Howe, live in Des Moines, Iowa. Remember Longhorn 625 on that scheduled tip time. Uh, Texas and Colgate, we'll have it for you right here on the Horn. Extended pregame at 530 from uh, Twin Peaks, Round Rock location. That's where the watch party will be if you want to get out there and watch it with our crew. Uh, All right, Jeff, back in the day, the Longhorns had to deal with the Aggies and the Houston Cougars in the Southwest Conference. Do you think they'll have to deal with both to get out of the Midwest Division?
2: Houston, yes. You know, I, I picked Penn State to win that game. I just think you know, Penn State, I think, has a little more versatility than A&M. Uh, so I took Penn State. But, you know, Chad, that, when you start looking at it, and, Jay, I don't know how you feel about it, but Penn State ain't an end game for me. It's basically a coin flip game. I, I would The only outcome that would shock me is, or surprise me is if one, one blew out the other. But I think this would be a game that's, you know, decided in the last, you know, Minute to you know the last thirty seconds. Uh, I think that's going to be a really really good game tonight. But I, I, I did pick Penn State to win that
1: game. Gotcha. Okay, Jeff. Just a quick Texas football question. Uh, what's going down at the Forty Acres right now? How's winter workouts coming together? I love the Fresh on the Forty thing that they're doing online, where all the freshmen are talking about their journeys and their experiences thus far. Uh, how's it looking?
2: Hopefully everybody's behaving themselves because the team's off this week for spring break. So I know, you know, Sark was asked kind of what was the point of interest is going to be for spring break, and he just paused and he said, "You know, life's about decisions and choices and making the right one." So hopefully, no, you know, know, because this, trust me, being on this beat as long as I have, it's the closest thing to covering the Cowboys, and I, I really. Really don't want one of those kind of stories to be the topic of discussion <laughs> when we start the broadcast the week next week or start next week. So, um, no, I do think well, maybe the the big the big theme for me over the break is you know Malik Murphy wasn't going to go anywhere. He was going to stay in Austin and, and rehab. Whether he is or isn't back on the practice field Monday is going to be something to really take note of because if he's not then you wonder, one, when does he get back? And two, you were already working on developing Arch Manning, but I think at that point you've got to get him ready and kind of get his mind wrapped around the fact that, dude, you're probably going to be our backup quarterback at this point because we don't know when the other guy is going to be healthy. So, uh, you know, backup quarterback is one of those things that sometimes you don't think about it until you need one. Uh, And I don't know that Arch Manning was planning on being the backup quarterback necessarily this year, but – uh, and I've, I've said it before, I'll say it again, each of Starks' first two years, one for performance issues and the other for an injury, he's had to go to the backup quarterback by game three each of his first two years. So whoever that backup is, you've got to get him ready to play. Uh, you know, if Malik Murphy's fine, if, if he's back on the field Monday, then, hey, just let him and Arcs compete and, and to see who's QB2. If not, I think at that point, you know, you've got to protect yourself as a program and, and try to see if you can – you know, start veering it to where you're getting Arch prepared to play.
0: Jeff, you just made the Longhorn-Cowboy comparison. It's perfect because I wanted to get your thoughts on the Ezekiel Elliott thing before I let you go. You're a Cowboy fan like me, and Zeke is no longer a Cowboy. What are you thinking?
2: You know, I – watching Cowboys games this year, I saw a highlight um, name on Twitter of Zeke Elliott scoring a touchdown as a rookie. And you saw the burst, you saw the you know, the speed to pull away, and you watch Zeke in twenty twenty two and I'm like, that doesn't even look like the same guy. Like he doesn't look anywhere close. Like I I can't think of a, a an elite back, a back to you know, hey, when you're the third leading rusher in the history of that franchise, and the only two guys that have worn a star on their helmet that rushed for more yards than you have, are Leonett Smith and Tony Dorsett you've had a pretty good career. You've had a really impactful career. You've been a big-time player. I don't know that I've seen a big-time back fall as far and as fast as it went for Zeke Elliott. So it was time. It needed to happen. And now, you know, D. Robinson being a first-round pick by the Cowboys, I think very much has to be in play. There's a number of ways they could go. Uh, I think at that point where they are, I, regardless if the B-Zone's a couple picks away, uh, I don't want to see them trade up. Just stay where you're at, trust your board, and you've got enough needs to where you can just sit back and take the best player available right there, whoever it is.
0: That is Jeff Howe. Check out Horns247.com. Uh, of course, at Jeff Howe 247 on Twitter. If you want to add him to your follows, Longhorn Blitz podcast, anywhere you get that podcast. If you're a Longhorn football freak, you got to get on the Longhorn Blitz podcast and all the podcasts they've got for you at Horns247. Uh, and also, light the tower, 10 to 12. Jeff, stay bundled up. Enjoy those tournament games. And uh, we appreciate the time, man. Safe uh, safe journey to and from Des Moines. And uh, we'll see you next week. Hopefully talking sweet 16.
2: yeah hey I'll say this too we got a lot of tournament coverage over at horns 24 7 one of the coolest pieces we got right now uh, Tommy yarish our video guy did a sit-down interview with TJ Ford so if you need a little uh, a little Q a with the goat at Texas basketball you can go to the site right now and get that
0: very nice very nice very nice thanks Jeff thank you Jeff yep yes Good stuff there. Jeff Howe covering things in Des Moines. Like he said, he'll be headed over to watch a little bit of Illinois and Arkansas. That's the game after this Kansas game. We'll get your score updates coming up. Uh, Also, the flex segment, a flex transfer to keep your eye on. I'd forgotten about this name. I hadn't forgotten the name. I'd forgotten that he's in a new place. We'll talk about that coming up.
1: Come on, West Virginia. Three minutes, 30 seconds.
0: Four-minute timeout. Are they still tied? Uh, No, they're down by two. Maryland up two. At the four minute
1: timeout, we will
0: follow that until the end. They
1: had a trap going on, had the guy trapped, had the steal, West Virginia did. Ball just bounces around, ends up under the rim, wide open, Maryland player for the dunk to go up 61 59. Those are the the deflating things that could lose you a game at this time of the game. That's what makes Bob Huggins need that stool. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He wants to throw it at somebody at at that
0: point. All right, so we'll check the scoreboard coming up. We'll let you know what happens in that West Virginia-Maryland game. Flex segment coming up. Zay's got where we at at 145. And Brandon Lang to talk a little bracket with us at 205. Stay with us. It's the Horn. Chad and Zay.
2: Huh.
0: Hang Duke Most time, I think I got it. Like this is old school right going. here. Is this something no, like that "Black Sheep, old sheep old of the Family" or something? Is about that a black- group? No, no, no. The song is this something about a "Black Sheep You're of the Family." Or the I hope not. That boy. sounds what? racist. No, no, nothing like that. What's the what? What's the title? What's the time Alabama about? Wild Man. Alabama Wild Man. Sounds like Jerry Reed. It dude. is Jerry. Yeah.
1: Sounds like Jerry. Nice. There you go really nice you gotta go deep in your back for that one the
0: snowman ladies and gentlemen love me some smoky and the bandit jerry reed aaron frazier and rem today all right let's get you updated because march madness is just that every one of these four games is close right now maryland minute and a half to go 136 to be exact they're up 64 now 65 61 they've been able to get a little bit up on west virginia here in the latter part of it we'll keep you updated there Furman has taken a lead on Virginia, 57-54, under five minutes to go in that one. Missouri up 33-29. Less than a minute to go, first half on Utah State, and how about this score? Kansas up twenty nine twenty seven on Howard in the oh my god in the one sixteen. That's the eight minute timeout in the first half. Again, Bill Self is not coaching in that game, and and do we know if McCullough's playing? Or yeah, not? he's playing. He is playing. Yeah, he's playing. But but Self not coaching. Okay, so we'll keep you up to date on what happens here in the latter part of the game. Zay and I both pick West Virginia to win this game, and they. Uh, are down five with a little over a minute to go. Yeah, say. looking
1: at these four games right now, I could go one four, Chad, right off the bat. Oh, yeah.
0: Just like that. Well,
1: you know. Just like that. You
0: know, for four. That way the bracket nerves go away. <laughs> then your bracket nerves will be gone. And for the whole tournament, if this holds, then I get to brag that I got the Furman thing right, even though I just, you know, did it out of weirdness. You just pretend like you knew. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, so tough. Hey, Virginia, we all know Bennett's a great coach, and they won a national title recently, and uh, they'll put up a fight here, but they've only got four and a half minutes to figure it out. So we'll get you, we'll keep you updated on all of that. Uh, let's get you a quick flex segment here, remind you about a name you know that's in a place you may not remember. Here we go flex atx for the best high school sports coverage listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain BrainVault is a revolutionary and patented mouthguard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit BrainVault.com and join the movement. Alright, you know, uh, you probably know his brother's name. Now you gotta learn his name. Quentin Joyner was the running back, of course, at Mainer who is now gonna be at USC. We wish him all the best. Really talented guy. I'm interested to see what he looks like at the college level. But if you remember that Mainer team, his little brother was the quarterback. His name is Quintaylen Joyner, Uh, and by the way, at Quintaylen1 on Twitter, I saw Flex retweet a video that Quintaylen put out of some 7-on-7. But Zay, what people need to remember is that, one, he is going into his junior year at quarterback, but two, he's transferring to Bastrop. He's going to be the quarterback of the Bastrop Bears this year instead of Maynard. so something to keep an eye on. I uh, retweeted a video and I tagged you in it earlier. I love the way this kid slings the ball. It's got this sidearm delivery. It looks like he's added some weight up top. I mean, again, he's a sophomore going to a junior, so he's going to have some growing to do. Uh, there's an effortlessness to the way he slings the ball. What do you think of that? What do you think of the, the throw? And I say smooth. Yeah.
1: Smooth. I mean, we're in an era where you better have a little sidearm. So that just opens up the playbook for these coaches and to call different stuff that fit your skill set. And if you could have that sidearm like a Patrick Mahomes does, now um, let's not get carried away. Patrick Mahomes is on a whole nother level than everybody right. on planet Earth when it comes to this quarterback position. But if you want to look at somebody like that and model your game after, that's not bad. And, you know, you can tell that Quintalan, he's gotten bigger, like you said. Said. And now just being at Bastrop, we know there's some things that happened at Mayner. But overall, him being a sophomore and being the quarterback for that team, they were a run first team. And the second option was to run the football again. Yes. So you didn't get right. to see that beautiful release much. And now him being in a different school and a different system and, you know, another year under his belt now being a junior, I think you could really see him thrive this year and have a big season, throwing the ball and landing it fly.
0: Yeah, so maybe a little fresh start. For yeah. him. And then remember Seth Mauser, who was at Bastrop, he's headed off to UTEP. So they just produced a quarterback that, you know, helped, that's to, right. helped to get a quarterback, that's right. a D1 offer, and, and a D1 commitment there. So uh, best of luck to Joiner. Also, I was asking the Flex guys and Zach Lucero, uh, specifically a Flex, about a guy. like, I know some of the Bastrop guys graduated. Give me a receiver. Who are you thinking about? And he sent me back Keyshawn Moore, uh, listed on Twitter at 59150. This is a smaller receiver but dual threat. Three touchdowns catching, five rushing last year at Bastrop as a sophomore. These are both class of 25 guys, so they'll be growing up together now at their junior years and you would imagine their senior years at Bastrop. So just a name to remember, Quintailin Joyner going to be the quarterback at Bastrop last year. I was a horrible representative of that part of the area because I never got to a Bastrop game. I'm going to try to make you the promise now that I'm going to get out to a Bastrop game this next football season and watch Quintaylen Joyner throw the ball around.
1: Yeah, I'm out to check him out too.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see. And obviously 7 on 7 season's coming up. You can check out that video that Flex retweeted, some good throws uh, that he's got going on. And he said, I'm a six one 198 198-pound, 20-25 quarterback striving to get better daily. That's what it's all about. So uh, best of luck to that Bastrop crew. Quintaylen Joyner going from Maynard to Bastrop. we got transfers at the high school level now. Everybody's on the move. We got to keep up with it all.
1: Yeah. There's a lot I, to
0: lot to juggle.
1: Yeah, that, that's what happens. There's always turnover from the coaching standpoint, you know. I know it's harder for these kids to pick and choose where they go due to enrollment issues and, you know, some of these schools just aren't letting kids in cuz they'll mm-hmm. be over capacity, but yeah, I mean, coaches do it, why not?
0: That's true. If <laughs> you're
1: if you're able to move your kid to that area where you want them to go to school, that's a lot. So if you're willing to go through that, sure. then sure. hey to good point. Hat off to you.
0: All right, Zay. So we've arrived at the first point of the twenty twenty three NCAA tournament where we get nothing but nonstop action. With a video review at the end of the game where they're trying to figure out who touched the ball last. So this is a Maryland drive to the basket on West Virginia, trying to figure out who touched the ball last. should have been a foul, so it's
1: going to go to Maryland, I think.
0: Did it go off of this player or that player? They're trying to figure it out. It's 66-63 Maryland and there's a little over a minute to go in the second half there. Furman's still up three on Virginia. That's three minutes to go, second half. Missouri up four at the half on Utah State, 35-31. And Kansas is up 33-31 uh, with about five minutes to go first half on Howard. Obviously those games in the first half. The big drama here is Maryland and West Virginia. This is the 8-9 up there in the south. So if you know somebody that's a Bama fan or you're a Bama fan, things may be be uh, not that an 8-9 really swings things one way or the other but the matchup that some people thought we were going to have was that Alabama-West Virginia matchup right now it looks like it could be SEC Big Ten as Maryland has the lead but we'll see how this game finishes out Remember Texas and Colgate later on this evening. That Aggie-Penn State game is after that, scheduled for about a 9 o'clock tip. I'm going to be watching both of those games out at Twin Peaks, Round Rock. That's where the fellas are going to be for Ball Don't Lie. That's where the extended pregame is going to be at 5.30. So get on out there. I'm interested to hear that pregame, uh, Zay, because Patrick Davis is going to be out there my dude, at Twin Peaks with the fellas. And you got to experience this on the selection show. Remember, Patrick gets a perspective that not many people get. He sits Court level for every Texas basketball game. He is the on-site engineer and tech for the games. But unlike a Craig Way, obviously Craig gets that incredible perspective, but he's got to call the game. Right. Craig's got to be called. Patrick gets a chance to sit back and, assuming that the technical stuff is all taken care of, he gets to watch that game from a really interesting perspective. So he'll give you his thoughts today from 5.30 to 6, along with Rod, along with Harge, they're at Twin Peaks Round Rock. So I'm interested to listen to that. What does he think the Longhorns are going to do against Colgate? The overwhelming opinion on this game so far is if the Longhorns do what they've been doing the last couple weeks, Zay, Colgate should not press them.
1: Absolutely. And you're watching West Virginia struggle, and you watch Kansas struggle with Howard right now. And, yeah, you could look at Bill Self being a part of that, but the guy's got to go play at the end of the day. And you think of how tough the Big 12 was this year, the gauntlet, and how much legs do you have at this point of the season? Mm -hmm. How fatigued are you? How beat up are you? And do you just have enough to win six games? You know, I mean, that's – Kansas being up by two right now, it's almost halftime. That's crazy, even without Bill Self or color. That's pretty nuts. Mm-hmm. So, again, that's kind of what we've been worried about with these Big 12 teams. Yes, they've been battle-tested. Yes, iron sharpens iron. And I had six of them advancing in the first round today and tomorrow. But the back of my mind said, man, some of these teams – they're going to be exhausted, especially yeah. after the Big 12 tournament. And, you know, going into tonight against Colgate, you hopefully that doesn't affect Texas.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting uh, interesting array of, of thought there because on one hand, we had talked about the idea of, man, get out of Big 12 play. Play somebody that's not Big 12. Here we go. But then there's that thing of, you know, it, it it can it, sometimes it can be is your conference tough enough to test you but in this case it might be is your conference wearing you out is your conference completely wearing you out it's a great point uh, it's something that we will watch here and see how Kansas res- continues to respond but also can West Virginia find their way out of this this just feels like Maryland right now yeah
1: they just they're about to get to the line if they knock down these two free throws that's ball game. Yeah, it just—it feels like they're
0: about to close this—close uh, this door. Twenty-eight point five seconds to go. Sixty-six. Oh, he traveled.
1: Oh, I thought did. that was a foul. He traveled. All
0: right, here we go, Zay. Big, big possession Can we here. We pot this up. Twenty seconds to go. If you want to, you want to do that. You want to? Pot it up. You want to let's it up. You just throw it on? Yeah. Cur- pot it up. Courtesy of CBS Sports.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> mm. On the blocks, Reese is on him. There it I is. Cuts it to one. So 8.4 right. 8. to go, 66-65, and they take a timeout. You Good see, finish, I'll, Trey Mitchell. Good I'll, finish. I was with you. I thought that was a foul. That they did I call a, was a foul, yeah. Mm, okay, 66-65, and they take the timeout there. We will keep you updated. Uh, also coming up, where are we at in society? We'll see what Zay wants to talk about today. And we got B. Lang coming up at 2.05. Brandon Lang, he loves all sports, but he really loves his college basketball. What does Brandon Lang's bracket look like today? We will find out. Stay with us. This is the horn. Chad and Zay. Oh, my God. Get down tonight. Uh, uh, is it called Smokin'? Smokin'. Yeah, Smokin'. Oh, my God. Mm. Doobie Brothers? No. no. Marshall Tucker? No. I don't know. Who is it? Boston. Boston, damn it. So sorry, Boston fans. Yes, I can, of course, I hear that now.
1: Yo, West Virginia, no, no. Oh my gosh! Uh oh. No way, Virginia! (laughs) No way, Virginia! Tell them what happened, Zach! What? Tell them what just happened. Virginia out here down by two, or Virginia up by two. Up by two. Getting pressed by Furman. Yes. The point guard just chunks it. To the other end, it gets stolen. It's a bad pass. A horrible pass. One of the worst passes I've ever seen. Oh, he
0: gets stolen at half court.
1: And a A dude hits a a three. A deep three. Oh,
0: and it's good.
1: Basketball gods.
0: It's good. Furman is up by one with 2.2 seconds to go.
1: Basketball gods just.
0: Who in their right minds, eh, would have picked this upset? Furman over Virginia. Who in their insanity would have picked this as an upset?
1: It ain't even 2 o'clock yet, and the madness (laughs) is getting me. Oh, the
0: brackets may be coming apart. By the way, the first winner of the day is Maryland. If you had the West Virginia-Bama game as a 1-8, I guess that would have been a 1-9 in the second round. Oh, no, Maryland gets it. West Virginia had a shot at the end. They had a shot at the end of the game. Key,
1: Key Johnson, you have a chance to hit the game winner. Why would you shoot it off of one leg? Mm. Why? How many times do you practice that shot? Really? Nobody practices. Oh, yeah, unless if you're KD or Dirk, you don't practice one-foot shots. And if you do, those guys were shooting it for fadeaways, like, you know, 15-footers, and the two guys I just named are the greatest shooters ever, basically. Yes. Key Johnson shooting a runner three, not going to happen. Get your feet set, bro, but now you're going home. Now you going home. Okay. Do we pop this up?
0: Yes. Virginia's got to go length of the floor. They're down 68-67. A little bit of time. Here it is. It's Beekman. It's up. But if it goes. Oh! oh! We almost banked it in, but he missed it. Furman upsets Virginia. 0 for 2, Chad.
1: Woo! 0 for 2. 68-67.
0: The West Virginia last-second shot was a front rim. That one didn't have a shot. This one, it wasn't quite the, the Butler thing at the end of the championship game, but
1: that looked good. That looked
2: good. That
0: looked
1: like you were about to get saved with a oh, bank I was, about, shot. I was about to run out this building if he hit that. <laughs> with a bank shot. That was a
0: little further in than what the Butler shot would have been, and it felt like it was going to bank
1: in. Well, this goes to coaching. Tony Bennett, you know they're going to press you. You're up by two, there's 12 seconds left, you know they're going to press you. So this is, you call a timeout and get all your best ball handlers, all the guys that you trust with the ball in the game, and he did that. He did have one of his main guys in the game, and that's the one that turned the ball over, but still, you you can't just chunk it up, like just throw it, try to throw it across half court and barely throw it. That was bad. Furman. yeah, Clark, number zero. He'll be thinking about that for the rest of his life, that turnover.
0: Unbelievable. What a so, game. Maryland wins a close one. Furman wins a close one. First two games are March Madness indeed. Missouri's up four at the half. Kansas now stretches to an 11 point lead late in the first half. So, we'll keep you up to date on those. And then your next game to tip is AM Corpus Christi and Bama at 2.15. Alabama may want to pay attention here because it's one of those days at the tournament. Normally, if you start with chalk, you get crazy in the second session. The evening session gets weird. But now when you start with crazy... You better just brace yourself for these afternoon games. Maryland and Furman, your first two winners. All right, let's go where are we at in society, see what Zay wants to get into today.
2: Where are we at in society today?
0: Zay, would you like to discuss your bracket so far? Oh, no, i did not. Oh for you, 2.
1: No, okay. 0 oh right. for 2. I'm not discussing <laughs> anything right now. This okay. is brutal. Oh, okay. well. Okay. Stefan Diggs has unfollowed the Buffalo Bills and many players from the Bills team on Instagram and Twitter and has started following the Cowboys and has been hanging out in Dallas this past week. Uh the the who now? Stefan Diggs. The, the, the what big now? brother of cornerback for Dallas Cowboys. Trayvon Diggs. Hmm. Now, the hanging out with bro—that's not surprising. Going down to Dallas. That's Dallas family. is a beautiful city. That's family. Yeah, if you got right. money, you can have some serious fun. Yeah, that's family. But but with
0: the social media world the way it is, we know that sometimes this what cleaning of the social
1: media unfollowing certain people that could mean something. Yo, Stephon Diggs has been very disgruntled. Like we saw what happened after the Bills law. Lo- I mean, uh, the Bengals loss. And he just basically tried to leave the facility without right. the coach talk, without had to be talked back. Yeah, by had like a be, practice squad exactly. Guy. <laughs> and then he came on one of these shows, one of these podcasts. I think it might have been LeBron's The Shop, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm basically I'm getting frustrated. I don't understand. We get so close all these years. We got all these guys. Why ain't it happening? Oh no, yeah." Like it's not adding up because I think they asked them, man, you're so emotional. You you have you wear your heart on your sleeve. You know, we there's always that classic photo they show after they lost to the Chiefs in the AFC Championship where the Chiefs are celebrating and you see Stefan Diggs watching. Yes. Looking all sad and uh, pathetic and yeah. stuff. So hearing a story like this, you know he would love to play with his brother. That's every sibling's dream to play professional football with your bro. And he knows where the Cowboys are going right now. Like the Cowboys, like we said in the first hour, they're making moves.
0: They are making moves. Jerry and
1: Steven, front office, they are making the right moves. And now everything has to happen on the field once fall comes. But still, they're making the right moves and putting themselves in position to get back to the playoffs and then some, especially with what the Eagles are doing. And now you got Diggs. I know you would like the move. But I doubt if the Bills would give him up. And if they were to give him up, it would cost the Cowboys a little bit. I was just thinking
0: A, do the Cowboys have enough? Do they have whatever it would take to get Stephon Diggs? I have no idea. Secondly, now that Ezekiel Elliott is gone, and we know what Jerry thought of Ezekiel Elliott, thinks of Ezekiel Elliott, you know, as a player, and now, I mean, he was going to love him forever. And you've got a receiver that's kind of looking like he's maybe turning into a head case, but he's supremely talented, I don't know if they're going to be able to keep Jerry away from this idea. They're going to have to maybe lock a door or two. They may have to send Jerry off on some kind of a Johnny Walker Blue mission because this is the kind of thing Jerry dreams of.
1: I mean, you're right. And, you know, we talk about this window that the Cowboys are in right now, but I don't think we talk about enough, which it's kind of dark the window for Jerry Jones mm, and knowing right. that he's all in like mm-hmm. and will do whatever it takes for it to happen right now cuz he knows he doesn't have many years left especially well, with all the stress of these losing see, and see, stuff
0: okay here here's that's a great it's a great point but let's make sure we define what you mean when you're saying do whatever it takes here's do whatever it takes if they end up with Stefan Diggs and Jerry Jones takes some first round picks in drafts to come and hands them to the Bills, to me, that's doing whatever it takes. Yeah. The, Jerry says he's willing to be a gambler and a wild man, but then when you press him on it, he says things like, I'm comfortable in the middle. I'm not, I don't like to always take the risks. He, he just made fun of the Eagles for doing it. He makes fun of the Chiefs for the way they conduct their business. Like, what? Well, they're just crazy wild gamblers, and I don't want to do that. But some, this is one of those moves where you – that because I, I like where you're going with it because I do wonder how they do the math of Jerry, how does Steven think about it, or whatever. This is the kind of thing, though, that to me as a Cowboys fan, they don't do. They don't end up with a guy like this, a badass at a position of need for you. They need to, to strengthen that receiver room. We know that's why they're looking at OBJ and all that stuff. This would be gutsy stuff. Now, it would also cause a discussion with CeeDee Lamb. That's a whole other deal here. OBJ is on the back end of the career in a way that Diggs is not. So if you bring Stefan Diggs in,
1: who, who do you, you going to tell him is number one? I mean, if you want to win, it don't matter. Like, you give me looks, I give you looks because yeah. everybody's going to be worried about this. Whoever gets the number one receiver, I mean, the number uh-huh. one cornerback, that means the other receiver gets to eat that day. And we know yeah. Dak Prescott needs all the help he could get.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And in theory, I believe you are right there. Now, you could also go to what the head coach just got done saying once they got rid of the offensive coordinator. Yeah, if, that if,
1: doesn't add up, does it?
0: If he's saying, run the damn ball, lean on defense, Stefan Diggs is not really part of, well, I'm saying he's not part of that plan, but he's not immediately your plan. Because... If he's right, then immediately your plan should be bolstering the defense like they're doing, making sure you got what you need there, but then the next thing should be make sure that running back room is badass if you really are going to run the damn ball.
1: Yeah, and I think he would backtrack. If they made that move and brought in Stephon Diggs, Big Mike would say, yeah, y'all heard me talk about running the ball. Uh, Maybe not as much because our team is way different now because Diggs, he's a top – 10 wide receiver, maybe top five in some people's eyes. I would love to see the look on the face of the Cowboys
0: cap guy when somebody walks, when Jerry leans his head in and says, uh, after lunch, figure out if we can get Stefan Diggs. <laughs> and then just closes the door. Like, what? See if we can do what? We're just, I'm having to... Sh- to juggle and restructure, I just had to sit down with Tyron Smith and do the weirdest like incentive contract I think I've ever come up with for a one-year just so we can clear space, and now you want me to go after Stephon Diggs.
1: Yeah, last September, Stephon Diggs signed a four-year $96 million deal.
0: Yeah, I just he's one of those guys that I hope for his sake he can appreciate the situation he's in. I get the frustration at times. There's a discussion about can Josh Allen really get over the hump? Can Josh Allen really get that team to a Super Bowl and win it? But the talk at one point was Josh is their guy. The Bills culture is great. Diggs loves it there. They all the the biggest guys there love that it's not New York City, that it's a little off the beaten path. Yeah, they love to just chill out, be who they are, and they love the fans and the living amongst the Bills mafia and all that stuff. And then last year is when Diggs started to head the other way. He started to go that typical, you know, stuck up wide receiver route where you just start thinking about yourself. And you have little fits on the sidelines, and you're showing up your quarterback, and you're showing up your coaches, and now this is where we are.
1: Yeah, and let's not be ignorant either, Diggs and whoever else is disgruntled with Buffalo. The DeMar Hamlin situation turned their season completely around. They turned their season completely around to where the focus became on DeMar, which it should have been. But now, how do you focus on football and your original goals before the season, and that was to get to Super Bowl Fifty Seven. Now right. everything, with with when it happened, and it's so close to the playoffs, and stuff. Being one of their guys, like Demar Hamlin, was getting a lot of clock too. He was one of the main safeties, was a starter for them yeah. during that time. That's a good point. And to go through all that, not only physically but emotionally for the team, that was a lot on the bill. So I, I, you know, Stephon Diggs. I get it. It's a lot. I get being upset. I know he's a, a competitor. He wants to win. You want guys like him. But also just, you know, that that's petty just passive aggressive stuff when you aren't following the bills on social media anymore and start following Cowboys guys. And I know that's your brother and he lives in Dallas cause he plays for the Cowboys, but you're up there in the D and you're hearing rumors and stuff. Like he could easily squash those, but he's choosing not to. Yeah. Visiting
0: Dallas is like you said, that's perfectly logical. It's this social media stuff that seems childish. That seems childish. Visiting your brother makes all the sense in the world. Of course. But, yeah, the, the social media stuff is something to we'll keep an eye on and see where if that story goes anywhere. Obviously, the Cowboys have been looking at some uh, free agent-type receivers. This wouldn't be a free agent-type receiver. This would be you got to come up with a wacky trade kind of receiver. Do the Cowboys have enough? We will keep an eye on that story. Up next, we'll talk to Brandon Lang. What does his bracket look like, and did he get messed up by that Furman thing already? Uh, Brandon Lang coming up next on The Horn.